Macarion to Stokes, who's onside. Wide out. Here's Sims to put Stokes this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it. Just a minute to play. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Saints FC podcast. Um, I don't have uh, my normal laptop in front of me, so I cannot tell you which episode it is, but I think we're somewhere in the (laughs) 50s now. Um, And I'm I'm absolutely delighted uh, that I've now figured out a way to work around having basically no internet in Devon. And I've managed to get Tom Parker on the phone. Um, plugged into my wife's podcasting recorder and I have a pile of cables in front of me but it all seems to be working so Tom welcome back or well I know you've kind of done the podcast without me a couple of times but welcome back to uh, my I don't know but yeah it's good, good, to be, good to be on the phone again with you Tom and you John enjoy and uh, hello from uh, sunny London uh, which definitely isn't sunny, but no, it's good to speak to you, John. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, the last time I spoke to you was at your stag do, and um, oh, I think the point at which I left your house, um, your conversation had, uh, I mean, it probably wasn't top quality Tom Parker. It was kind of like, you know, three o'clock in the morning, had a little bit too much to drink, pretty knackered uh, Tom Parker chat, which, which is good. And... Uh, probably the most impressive part about it is uh, I can't remember which which song it was, but you basically rapped um, an entire Kanye West song back at me whilst we were dancing around your living room. So I mean that that was that was quite oh impressive. I don't remember anything. Ten <laughs> eight eight after after about eleven o'clock, it's all a blur. Yeah, I mean there, there was oh, one, there you go. There was one great point uh, in the pub, probably around about eleven o'clock actually. Um, when uh no it must have been a little bit later but i think you were kind of like lost to the world at that point you had the glazed look in your eyes and then uh your friend owen put um a soul wax song on the stereo and then suddenly your body kind of lurched back into life and you know tom parker was reborn and and dancing across the pub that's what um, it takes. Yeah, yeah so that re-energizes so, me. Exactly. I, I now know, you know, what it would take. If I ever see you in that situation, it's, I just need to get a soul wax song out and then <laughs> off we go. Tom Parker is Tom Parker is reawoken. Um, my favourite Belgian. From a stupor. Um yeah, so Tom, I mean maybe maybe there's a little bit of a um of a similarity to to saints and you know the reawakening under ralph hasenhutel and the rebirth the the rebirth you know some he's got in there and he's put the right song on the stereo in the in the dressing room and the players are you know coming back to life um we're not a hundred percent there yet uh but there's, there's definitely progress that that we need to talk about but I, I suppose the first thing we really need to do is have a look back at the the two games that saints played last week two draws both one one um, I've kind of titled them the heroic draw against Palace and the disappointing draw against Burnley. Um, should, should we get should we get stuck into the game against Let's Palace get, at St Mary's? Let's get cracking, John. Yeah. So I mean, two 
incredibly important games and then the, obviously the one on Saturday against Cardiff coming up is incredibly important as well because they are still our rivals in the relegation zone um, and with Palace um, and Burnley and I think to a lesser extent uh, Cardiff but with Palace and Burnley I think those those are two teams that are performing way below their level as Saints have been this season as well but they're also two teams that seem to be having a little bit of an improvement as well. You know, Palace have had some big results. They were very unlucky not to beat Liverpool. Um, they obviously beat Manchester City, which which was a big shock. And they came to St Mary's. I think people were feeling pretty optimistic. Um, but, you know, after 10 days rest, the team just didn't seem prepared at all. The, the first half was so, so poor. Yeah, it was weird. It was like, um, it was a bit like the first game of the season where... I almost think think about this, the first game, the Burnley game, and you were like, "Well, Burnley have had a few games, midweek games, so they'll be tired. Where Saints will be raring to go because we've not played." And it was almost the opposite, um, you know, where Burnley came at us, and it felt the same against Palace, where you know, you'd think after ten days, the players would be itching to get out of there, but they weren't. They were slow. They were second. They were out for for you know most of the first half by the certainly by the Palace midfield. Um, and Zaha and Townsend gave them a, a torrid time. Um, and I know we'll talk about maybe the transfer window later on. And, but, you know, again, up against two very good wingers, our young fullbacks were, were non-existent, really. And I guess they just had to play a much more defensive game. But, yeah, it was probably an, as abject a first 45 minutes as you've seen under under the rabbit hutch. Yeah, and... It... I mean, it's, it's kind of shades of, of the, the first game when he was officially manager, really, which was that game against Cardiff where we were pretty poor as well. Um, but I just looking at kind of how we gave the ball away. I mean, in the lead up to the Zaha goal um, where McCarthy was beaten at the near post, uh, you know, that came from a poor Saints clearance and, um, you know, not quite getting to the tackles. Um, we also had some kind of interesting moments. I mean, there's a... A Valerie tackle on Zaha in the first half, which, you know, was millimetres either way. It could have been a brilliant tackle or an awful foul and a penalty. And he got it in the brilliant tackle section. And I don't know whether that was by luck or just by him being brilliant. Um, but we really had nothing at all. I mean, there was a Hoiberg shot, you know, from distance. And that really is the only kind of positive thing that I can remember in the first half. And, yeah. You know, as the second half started, you know, we, we were still poor as well, which. Yeah, we, we were poor till about 75 minutes in. Um, when, you know, to be fair to Hasselhoff, he did, yeah, he was brave, wasn't he, with his choices. You know, he, he, he did bring on more attacking players. He changed formation. He put, um, you know, he put War Prowse, I think, to, to right wing back at one point. Yeah. Um, so he did, you know, he, he's not scared to make changes. And I think, um, you know, when it came to, to War Prowls again, you know, he kind of, he made the difference for Saints, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And it was kind of those, I mean, it was those attacking substitutions, which which I think helped change the momentum of the game. I mean, he brought on uh, Mohamed Elinousi, and I can't really say that that had a, hugely positive effect but I think the reshaping of the the team bringing you know Valerie off um after yeah, he's, 
he's a funny one, isn't he, Valerie? He he just doesn't look quite ready for it yet. Yeah, I, it is going to take him some time, I think. And there was an interesting interview with him. Uh, I think it was on the Saints website, actually. And he was talking about how when he was younger, he actually found the technical side of the game a little bit difficult. But, you know, that he always had quite good physicality. Uh, you can definitely see the good physicality with him. Um but he does take risks, which I think is, you know, that's inherent with young players. They do take risks. Sometimes they pay off. And, and when they pay off, you know, that's really good. Like his tackle on Zaha in the first half where it paid off and he, he made a brilliant tackle. In the second half, he had a pretty poor foul on Zaha, which wasn't given and was starting to kind of build up the uh, Wilf Zaha um, anger that was kind of boiling up inside, which we saw spilling out later. And we, we definitely want to talk about that. Um but also Palace had a, another disallowed goal there as well, which I thought could well have been given. I mean, it was it, it was disallowed because I think there were three Palace attacking players around McCarthy and the referee felt that he'd impeded McCarthy. Mm. But, you know, that they were bullying McCarthy in the box. And I know you always like to describe Fraser Forster as a vampire, you know. Um but McCarthy was doing the the vampire thing there, you know. Yeah. In terms of his approach learned, to the crosses. Yeah, and he learned about that. I think we'll, we'll come to the Burnley game. He certainly looks a bit more, um, a bit more confident. But I think yeah, with, with Harry, he's a funny one. He he almost seems like he almost could have been sent off in every single game. Yeah. You know, like he almost like you can imagine him almost. He, he just seems to really ride it quite close. Um, to the edge, and he wants to watch out because you know people. You know he's fairly new right now, but people will get wise to that, and they'll start winding him up. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I don't know where, necessarily whether like Valerie is for the wind up, or if he's just like a massive risk taker, and that's why he goes. You know, sails a bit too close to the edge. But um, you know the the other bonus about that is he is winding up other players, which you know was very effective on Zaha. Um, I, I, I think. <laughs> Let's 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 go to the. Should we go to the um to the Zaha's... Saints? We're gonna, oh God! No. I, I think we should do the, do the Saints goal because it was funny because there was a moment when um the fans started booing when Jack Stevens was bringing the ball forward from defence and looking for options and the players weren't moving and he was clearly frustrated with you know our midfield not giving him an option to pass to because you know Jack Stevens is good on the ball he likes a good pass he wants to start attacks from defence and he was getting frustrated but the fans were also getting frustrated and you know there were some question marks over whether Saints fans booing Jack Stevens for not releasing the ball quick enough or you know were they booing the, the Saints players for you know perhaps not making the space for him but it was all a bit bit stayed wasn't it it was and I think a lot of it was almost uh, was War Prowse in a good way because I think people want to see with the form he's in people really want to see War Prowse on the ball and yeah I've been a pretty big critic of War Prowse um, but he does seem to have raised his game and I think part of the criticism I think from memory was you know War Prowse was in acres of space and either Stevens didn't see him or didn't fancy the pass Um, but to your point Stevens is becoming a bit like a sort of Van Dyke style bring the ball out player. We saw him do it against Derby really well, and it kind of has added a little something to Saints' game. Just uh, you know, if he if he can do it once or twice a match, but yeah, Saints fans did get on on the players' back. But fair play to them, you know, the old Saints players might have shrunk and might yeah. have withered under that. But they, you know, 
the new the new lot under under Ralph. And again, you know, there's so many players there that that weren't getting game time under under Hughes. It's insane. Um, you know, the new lot lifted themselves up, pulled themselves up, and got a point out of a game that really they had no no right to get. Well, to, to get anything out of, I suppose, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, should we talk about that goal because it was absolutely beautiful? I mean, it was a great passing move down the it's left. Goal of the season. I, it, it was wonderful, wasn't it? it I mean, it was tick attack of football. Goal. If Man City had scored that goal, you know, like if you could imagine, if Man City had scored that goal and um, whoever is the left back for for Man City, you know, Mendy or someone yeah. had crossed for. Uh, for Carl Walker to to slam home, everyone would be saying this is you know exactly as you say total football. This is football, you know. This is Cruyff esque, you know, like playing out from the back. But it was a fantastic move. It was great from Redmond, great from Armstrong, and you do get the feeling like with Redmond and Armstrong, we've got players. You know, they're not Zaha's, but they've got they've got players that can unlock very difficult teams exactly like Palace. Yeah, and. I mean, it's it's one of those things like I think like Man City score the most open goals, and that is about as close to an open goal as James Ward Prowse is probably going to get from that sort of move. But it, it was that sort of move where they passed it around, they drew the Palace defence all over the place. James Ward Prowse made a very very late run into the box, but was watching what was going on the whole time, um, and the Palace players didn't even see him as a threat; they weren't even aware of him as a threat. Threat and. You know, what was that? That was his third goal in three games at that point, which yeah. was just fantastic. Um, and also, it's the, it's the coolness of the finish. You know, like one thing that, you know, War Prowse has been criticised for in the past is his kind of, you know, it's this weird dynamic for him where he can put a ball on a sixpence from 70 yards and then miss from 15. Um, but it was just a very well-placed finish. So... Yeah, well, well done, James. And yeah. then he goes on, you know, in something in many ways that's better than the goal, if you ask me. <laughs> so, I mean, after that, we're finishing stronger. We're looking good. Palace is still getting the occasional counter attack, and Zaha, you know, keeps on coming forward. Um, I can't remember if Bednarek's amazing clearance off the line from Sacco was before or after James Will Prowse had scored, but um, yeah, it's another. That's what's that? That's that was his second one in you know, it was four points he rescued Saints uh, yeah. alone on those clearances and um, I, th- I think Target had like an amazing last ditch tackle didn't he um, yeah and then we had the James Ward-Prowse which I thought you know there was maybe an argument that it was a foul on Zaha um, but you know it was it was a helpful kind of like shoulder barge I, I'm going to give James Ward-Prowse the benefit, of the benefit of the doubt here he was going for the ball Zaha was going for the ball and I mean, for James Ward-Prowse to outstrength Wilf Zaha, you know, push him off the pitch. I mean, you'd expect Zaha to win that battle any day, and Zaha just totally lost it. It, it was it was definitely it the last straw for him, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it doesn't do himself any favours, and it's weird because it wasn't for me like a clear cut foul. You know, yeah. there was there was contact, but. At that speed, I don't think it was a clear cut foul. And yeah, one it's interesting, isn't it? Like we've spoken loads before, you know, as you just said about Warprowse and about, you know, he's too nice. Is this really yeah. you know, who was it? Kuman said, you know, he's the sort of guy you'd want to date your daughter. Yeah, that was Claude Puel, wasn't it? He'd be like Claude your your, your favourite son in law or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, but you yeah, you probably wouldn't say the same thing about Romeo, you probably wouldn't say the same thing about Hoiberg and you probably you know, you wouldn't say it about Lamina. 
and they're all getting in the team. Um, but, you know, from what you, we've been told, Ralph was told, well, Prowse to be more aggressive, and he seems to be doing that, but he was he was right. And I think, you know, people want to see, like, people want to see James Prowse, James Will Prowse be a winner. Yeah. And, you know, people can moan, you know, say it's not sportsman like, but if you look at, like, Ronaldo, and I know people hate Ronaldo, but, like, he does what it takes to win. And also, War Prowse didn't cheat. He didn't do anything. He just laid a trap uh, that was a very well signposted trap. And Zaha is an idiot because Zaha walks straight into it. Yeah. I, the funny thing with Zaha, so I think there is this statistic that um, after Eden Hazard, he is the most fouled player in the Premier League. He's obviously aware of that stat. He's obviously already feeling like a bit of a victim because of that. And, you know, there there were a few tackles which our players got absolutely right on Zaha. There were a few tackles which may be a little bit more borderline. So he's feeling really wound up by that point. And James Will Prowse picks up the ball, goes to throw it. Has it kind of a... There's, there's a momentary almost where he kind of looked like he was going to put the ball in Zaha's face, but didn't. But that was enough yeah. to just make the blood boil over, wasn't it? And then and James Walpress's nonchalance, yeah, his, his nonchalant little spit to the side, and then kind of you could see the delight you could see on James Walpress's well, face. It just it, lit didn't up, he? didn't it? And also, it was this sort of—he did this sort of little pat on the back of the head, didn't he? Yeah. Which, in no way, was aggressive, but was incredibly patronising. Oh, so patronising! Uh, so patronising! And Zaha lost it. And the stupid thing is, like Zaha, yeah, it doesn't get even sent, doesn't get sent off for that, which he shouldn't have done. He didn't get sent off for the the most stupid thing you've seen a professional footballer do in a long time, and that really is saying something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he gets the yellow card for raising his arm at James Will Prowse, but then applauding the referee, who just, I can't remember who the referee was, but he wasn't having any of it at all, sends him off. But then the whole, he, did, he didn't even leave the pitch after that. He was still yeah. applauding the referee. Clapping. Yeah, I mean... It was Andre Mariner. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was such a stupid thing to do. And I... It's funny, you watch the reaction of the Saints fans behind Zaha, and as soon as Zaha starts clapping, Saints fans are back up on their feet, like, going, you know, like, come on, ref, like, you know you can't allow him to do that. And it's such a strange thing for a professional football team, because he must know exactly what's going to happen to him um, when he does that. And it's such a bizarre thing to do. And maybe, you know, for Zaha... Andre Mariner represented all refs in terms of this kind of like, you know, this kind of, um, you know, I never get anything from you guys. So here I am sort of applauding you. But it was a really stupid thing to do. And what was nice as well was War Prowse does this little fist bump, like, (laughs) you know, like after after you get sent off. And I like it. You know, good. War Prowse, you know, be be horrible. You know, I mean, use your talent, but also the, be nasty. The great thing there is though is he turned to the Kingsland stand, didn't he, to do it? You know, to to grab his fist, and he looked at the fans and just gave them that, like, yeah, we've got him sent off. And you know, he even he even had the Kingsland stand up on their feet. You know, really yeah, kind of belt really it out, something. which is <laughs> fantastic. Um, and so, Tom, I, I suppose, I mean, this is a question that you've asked me many times on the podcast before. What is a James Ward Prowse? Yeah, interesting. Well, he appears to be a new man, doesn't he? He well, he just he's, he's thriving in this midfield role, and he, you know, what they're saying. I think what they're saying to midfielder seems to be is get the ball, release it quickly, 
you know, that, that seems to be the, the, the way the team is being set up to play now. And Ward Prowse, with his skill and with his close control and with his accuracy, you know, if you look at like how he's how quickly he's turning defence into attack now, um, but also he is getting stuck in more. You know, he, Saints fans wanted James Ward Prowse to do well. And yeah, there was talk about him going to Leipzig, which would have been Hasenhutl's old club yeah. um, earlier this season. Um, but now he's looking, you know, Lamina is obviously still coming back from injury, but there's, you know, there's no guarantee Lamina's going to get in that team. And if anything, you could say Ward Prowse brings more to the team than Lamina does. Well, I certainly think at the moment he, he probably does. You, you can make that make that argument. I mean, but it's interesting it's taken this long, is it? It's what, 181 appearances for Southampton um is that all i think it isn't it, is it i thought it was more but is that all? Uh, i thought he had more which says i mean maybe not oh perhaps it is more if you include cup games or something no, i think but he's only I, 24 isn't he no so you're, you're right it's, it's over 200 appearances if you um if you take into account fa cup and league cup 222 appearances He's 24 years old, so yeah. say if the average football plays 40 games a season. So he's been playing the equivalent of 40 game seasons, yeah. Um, you know, every year since he was 18, which is insane. You know, um, but yeah, good. Like, let's you know, let's see him kick on. We've got hope. You know, it'll be interesting on Saturday. But yeah, a lot of love for Ward Prowse at the moment, certainly from from this house. Yeah. Okay. Great. So let's move on to our, I suppose, kind of perhaps more disappointing draw against Burnley. Um, I think first thing we need to do is just give a massive shout out to the away support that traipsed up to what is probably known as the coldest, windiest, most exposed ground, um, certainly in the Premier League, uh, on a weekend of snow and rail disruption and everything. And I've had stories of people getting taxis, you know, across cities to get to Burnley. Um, so if you're one of the Saints faithful that were there at Turf, Turf Moor cheering on the team, um, <clears throat> what what a fantastic effort. And, um, you know, we, we could hear you on the coverage, as always. You can always hear the Saints away support, you know, fantastic group of fans. Um Again, I mean, this was like almost kind of the polar opposite of the game against Palace, really, because we actually started pretty brightly, and we had that fantastic early chance from uh, Danny Ings, which which came from kind of good vision again from Jack Stevens and um, Stuart Armstrong that that helped set it up. And you know, you'd probably back Danny Ings to score that most times, wouldn't you? You would, but he, I don't know, he's. He's stuttering, isn't he, a little mm. bit, Ings. And he, you know, you almost wanted him, like, if it had been Naguero, you almost feel he would have either rolled it under the keeper or or just just dinked him. But he didn't. He went for power. And with power, he didn't have any control. So, yeah, that was sort of one of the last things he saw, didn't it? Really, Danny Ings, wasn't it? Though? Yeah, because, I mean, straight away, pretty much after that, he, he came off with a hamstring injury, which is very worrying, I think. Um you know, what was that, two games in a week? It's just too much for him, isn't it? Yeah, and also, he's, you know, he's really not playing um, 90 minutes, no. is he? You know, like, it's, it's it's worrying for Saints because, obviously, we don't have, a, we're not blessed with a with an abundance of forward quality, it's fair to say. And, no. um, you know, it does appear that our main man is just, is maybe not capable of doing 90 minutes and if he does do 90 minutes he probably can't 
um, do uh, you know t- two games in a week? Yeah, um, I'm not too sure how long he's going to be out. I heard someone saying about three weeks, but um, who knows? I mean, the Ryan Bertrand injury has gone on a lot longer than I think we all expected, and and the Lamina one, I think. Yeah, as, as well. So. <sighs> Yeah, frustrating. And I suppose that, you know, we'll get to the transfer window in a little bit that people are frustrated about us not bringing players in. But, you know, that is probably part of the reason why Saints fans are worried is because of these injuries that, that we seem to be getting. Um, Slattery, that was his start, wasn't it, for his first Premier League start? First, first Premier League start, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've got to admit, I won't pretend to, I, I didn't actually see Burnley because I was at my wedding tasting, John, so I'm going to leave it to you. But by all accounts... Um, well, did the food really, taste good? Food, don't worry, John, you're in for a treat. Yeah. I promise you. Uh, but yeah, but it, with Slattery, everyone appears to be very impressed with him. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what is it? What is a Slattery, John? Well, I, I don't have the answer to that at the moment, but I mean, he he got himself involved in the weirdest flat foul, um, you know, right in the first half. It was just after the Ings chance, I think, and the ball kind of Did went out kind to... of fall over, into, or not fall over into someone or something? Yeah, I, I think that must be what the referee gave it, but, you know, when you're watching it, it just looks like a terrible, terrible foul because... Um, Bernie player, I can't remember which one, picks up the ball on the edge of the box and suddenly Slattery just goes flying into him and takes him out completely. Um, you know, you probably, you could definitely give him a yellow card, but I think it was unintentional. I think he genuinely just lost his footing. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, Slattery, he's an interesting player. He's a, another midfielder. Um, another one who's going to be putting pressure on Lamina, Hoiberg, Romeo, um, James Ward-Prowse, you know, arguably he's got a bit of forward attacking prowess, but I I don't think we've seen enough of him yet to really know, you know, what, what does a slattery look like in the Premier League? But, you know, I'm excited. It's another youth product coming through that Hassan Hootel's looked at in training and has thought, you know, he's good enough for the Premier League. Yeah, and I think uh, we're seeing this is almost record. I mean, obviously uh, under uh, Cumin and Pochettino, we saw uh, you know a lot of young players come through, but this is almost um, un- unheard of, isn't it? Like with Saints, if you look at the, the team that kind of went through, you know, in, uh, you know the, the team including the bench that went through for Burnley, um, so many players coming through the youth team there you've got what target you've got what prowls you've got slattery you've got stevens i think sims was on the bench um yeah I, I, i've got to say now thing. now i'm living down here in plymouth people are not happy about us saying that stevens is one of our own. <laughs> yeah we need it for, yeah we'll take that <laughs> um and then i mean if, if we're going to talk about weird fouls the other weird foul which I, I don't know if you, if you saw the highlights on um, Match of the Day, but um, McCarthy's clear penalty against Ashley Barnes. Um, I which, don't know. It was just baffling. I don't understand why it wasn't a penalty, but you're, you're going to offer a counterpoint here, are you, Tom? I, every time I watch it, right, and I did, I watched it again earlier this evening, I get a different, I have a different feeling about it. Part of me thinks it absolutely is a penalty because... Um, Clearly, there's contact in the box, and McCarthy doesn't touch the ball. But also, for me, Barnes sees the key, sees McCarthy coming out, and almost he almost like changes his angle so he just makes sure there's absolutely contact 
Yeah. You know, like, so it's not natural for me. It's almost like I, you know, Barnes almost like changes his run. From, it yeah. looks like from one angle to sort of just ensure that, yeah, he absolutely gets that penalty. I mean, it was a penalty. And if it had been Nathan River running through against Tom Eaton, we'd be going mad about it. But, um, you know, we've not had a lot of luck. Maybe we need a bit of luck. But yeah, I, th- I think we've I don't know. had a little bit of luck, um, certainly with that one anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean because McCarthy realised that he wasn't going to get the ball and did try and kind of slow down and take himself yeah. out of the challenge. and like Barnes almost like, from, from from one angle, it almost looks like Barnes sort of pivots towards McCarthy and just yeah. sort of smashes into him to make sure he gets the penalty. So, but what was also incredible about that is not, is not almost not as incredible as, well, more incredible than not getting the penalty because, you know, that's life that happens is how Ashley Barnes then managed to not get sent off. Yeah, I don't understand that. How can Zaha be sent off for applauding the referee and Ashley Barnes, who clearly, I mean, I think when they showed the highlights, they had to block out they, his they mouth, didn't out. they? Yeah, and I was gonna, I've was i never seen that before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you, you see a lot of football and you, you see a lot of terrible language. Um, but I've never seen anything like that before, you know. And also, it wasn't like a one-off. He did it repeatedly. He got closer and closer and closer to the linesman and the referee. And maybe, you know, if he had sent him off, it would have caused um, caused Sean Dyke to have like a, an embolism or something. <laughs> but like, but you, you do imagine like, how has he managed to stay on the pitch? Like, it was so. His his reaction was so incredibly strong. Yeah, and it was so blatant as well. It wasn't like a quiet swear word to the referee of you've got that effing wrong or like you're an effing idiot you know which from the stands is not visible it was effing blinding throwing the arms around running up really aggressive behavior and and this is going to be another thing that's going to wind up Zaha isn't it because Zaha's going to see that on match of the day and think well how on earth is he getting sent off uh, not getting sent off and I do get sent off for much less yeah it is uh, very strange I mean it was it was abuse you know you see a lot in the Premier League. I've not seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah, it it, it was it was quite quite um, well. You know, he stayed on the pitch, and we all know what happened later on. Um, let's let's pick up another couple of good um, Saints points. I thought we had a really good um, uh, corner from Matty Target whipping it in, which had re- required a goal line clearance. Um, I think it was actually a Burnley player that headed it to yeah headed it towards the. Wood. Um, and then James Will Prowse got, got close with a header again from another target cross. And, um, you know, you wonder if, had it not been Tom Heaton, had it perhaps still been Joe Hart in goal, whether that one might have crept in. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? With target, they like that. If, the way to completely neutralise target is to attack him. Mm. You know, like, if you look at like, the players, like the games the target's not been at all, like Palace. You know, like he with Bertrand, you always feel that Bertrand can give as good as he gets. So Bertrand gives you, can defend, but also gives you something to worry about going forward. With Target, you're because he doesn't got pace, so you almost get the feeling as soon as, um, you know, he doesn't have a really aggressive winger to worry about, he can play a lot with more, just yeah. which is uh, running what he did against Burnley. I mean, you, you do say that, but he did provide the assist, didn't he, for um. James Will Prowse in, in the Palace game, and again, you know, James Will Prowse and Target linking up, which is you know, it's another advantage of this five at the back, three at the back formation, because you think, oh, you know, we're, are we wasting an attacking outlet by having three central defenders on the pitch? But with James Will Prowse and Matty Target 
in those wing-back positions, they're linking really, really well, and they are providing an attacking threat. Yeah. Um, and how many assists is that for? It's at least two assists for target. Is it? From yeah. Left back. Well, yeah. we've got, we've got Danny Ings' goal and yeah, well, Prowse' goal. So he's making a difference. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So let's talk about the goal that we did get because this was just wonderful, wasn't it? So Bednarek spots um, uh, Redmond up in the in the midfield, pings him a nice ball out from defence, and what Redmond does from here is just absolutely wonderful. Um, you know the the way he took the ball, the way he turned and ran towards goal, and then the cheeky nutmeg of Jack Cork, ex saying coming towards he him. He makes Corky, doesn't he? done yeah also what's great as well is is not only the the, the mech but the um the kind of admit the quick shot yeah. you know like yeah i was reading a really interesting thing with steve bull um you know ex-wolves and and you know, he played for england when when they were in like the third division wolves and he was saying one of his things he, he used to shoot early and he always said to young players shoot early because keepers aren't ready yeah. and um, and I think with Redmond, like he shot early and he totally took Burnley by surprise. And it was a great blistering shot. Uh, you know, normally he goes for the top corner, but yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, I did, one of my favourite um, Nathan Redmond goals that I've got to say, actually. And I think he probably probably had a good shout for goal of the month um, last month. And, you know, it's going to be hard to beat that this month as well. Because, you know, a nutmeg and a finish like that against a keeper like Tom Heaton, you know, ticks yeah. all the boxes. Um, we then saw Burnley kind of getting back into it and it was, you know, again, Saints kind of trying to defend this lead and it was a shame that we didn't have a two-goal lead. Good save from McCarthy um, to give him credit where it's due, um, although kind of straight at him. Barnes off the bar as well. Burnley winning yeah. loads of headers against our defence, especially once they brought on Peter Crouch. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately Peter Crouch is... Although he didn't get the goal, which I think most of us were expecting as soon as Peter Crouch got on the pitch, <laughs> that, okay, he's going to score against us. Um, he, he won them the penalty and he, he did it in such a Peter Crouch way, didn't he? Yeah. What was, I mean, I love Jack Stevens, so I won't criticise him, but it was a very odd decision. I know a lot of Saints fans have sort of said, well, he's having his shirt pulled back, but no one's explained why having his shirt pulled back means that his arm is where it is. Yeah. Um, See Tom, if if Very we were if, if we were back in my living room in London and we were filming this for uh, YouTube, what I'd get you to do now is stand up for our viewers and try and <laughs> do the try and do you know a really big jump in the air, and we'd watch what happens to your arms. But um, I, I can kind of understand, but football players should be able to jump without getting their arms up in the air. And obviously, I don't know, was he trying to signal to the referee that Crouch was putting on his shirt? I mean, what whatever happened, you, you can't have your arm up there, can you? It was a very odd thing to do, sort of, what, 93 minutes into a yeah. game. You know, like, just bizarre. But, yeah, I guess, you know, he's, he's been a really good player for Saints. Um, he's playing a lot of games, so I don't want to criticise him too much. But it was just a very strange, sort of self-inflicted wound. And, you know, I'm just looking at the table now. If we'd have got those two points, we'd be... In 14th, and uh, no, so we'd be we'd actually be one place higher, we'd be 15th, but we'd be one win off 13th, and and so on and so on. So it's tight down there, yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, 
Peter Crouch, I've seen him getting a bit of stick, ex-Scape, but he's also ex-Saints. Um, I still like him. And I've got to say, I love if, him. If, if you're an England fan and you celebrated his World Cup goal against Trinidad and Tobago, I'm afraid you haven't got any legs to stand on <laughs> in terms of, you know, saying that he's, yeah, he's, well, I mean, he has done us there, but that's what Peter Crouch does. And, you know, yeah. he, he did it for Saints when he played for us. He's done it for England. And of course, he's going to do it for Burnley as well. You could have probably made an argument that would have been a decent signing for Saints. Um, if I mean, I'm very surprised Burnley have swapped, a, a, you know, a, what, a mid-20s Sam Vokes, if he does score goals in Premier League, for a for what is probably only going to be one season of of, um, of, of Peter Crouch. But but having said that, I love Peter Crouch. I think he is an incredibly talented... He's, 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 he's so talented... Um, and that probably doesn't get the respect he deserves. You know, that perfect hat-trick he scored for Liverpool is, is a joy to watch. Yeah. So, and yeah. that, that, obviously, he scored against Pompey in, the, you know, <laughs> that FA Cup. The winner, what was it, like 90... I don't know how late it was in the game, but I just remember being behind the goal trying to suck the ball into the net. And, you know, but I mean, he was part of the team that got us relegated. So perhaps there's, you know, if, if the scouts were looking at Crouch, there might have been a bit of history saying, well, you know what happened last time we signed Peter Crouch? We got relegated from the Premier League. So, But he, he doesn't seem like a standard Ralph Hasenhutl player, does he? No, he doesn't. But I think he gives the clubs a lift. And, you know, the, the reception you got at Burnley is, you know, he's been he's been received very well. And I hope that, I don't want him to do well for Burnley because they're obviously down there with us, yeah. but I do have a soft spot for Crouchy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I want to pick up some players from the last two games that I've been really impressed with. Nathan Redmond, James Ward-Prowse. Um, again, you know, the, these two, they're, they're stealing all the headlines at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, you think, um, certainly Redmond, I think it was at 6 in 12 now, you think that he's going to be on Gareth Southgate's radar. Mm. Um, you think he deserves that? But he he just is playing very very well. He's really hurting teams. And against Cardiff on Saturday, uh, you know we'll, we'll come to that. But again, you know, like if he can get a couple of goals or even a goal, you know, you'd think then the England squad being announced um, in a few weeks, I think that he's got to be on you know on, on the mind of Southgate because he's an exciting player. Yeah, I'm sure he is on Gareth Southgate's radar. But you think he was at the game against Palace, wasn't he? And that was maybe Redmond's worst game I think since Ralph Hasenhutl's come in he was very very quiet in that game against Paris which is unusual for Redmond but you know so maybe James Ward-Prowse could be brought in there as an option as well you know the vers- yeah, Mr. You'd, Versatility you'd think so I think it's you'd hope that you know he's obviously nailed his, his colours to the, to the mast in terms of wanting to play young players yeah you know giving young players a chance and Redmond and uh, Ward-Prowse both 24 so you'd think fit that bill so yeah. you know Barkley's not been playing that much for Chelsea that leaves a space in the midfield so you never know fingers crossed yeah and um, so with those two draws although I think we maybe would have liked a win and a draw or maybe would have expected a win and a loss I think two draws against they're actually two decent sides despite their league position yeah. I think Burnley and Palace are both good sides yeah I think you're absolutely right I think in, in retrospect, I think it's a sign of how far um, the club has come under under Ralph in, in terms of people are disappointed by those results. Um, but I think that overall, you know, if you look at the form that, that Burnley are in, 
yeah, they took Man United to the wire. Very, very good Man United mm. to the wire. Crystal Palace have been playing well and were at full strength. Um, you know, they're not they're not bad results. They're not the results we would have wanted, but they're definitely not bad results. Yeah. And you know, again, our future is still in our own hands. Yeah, um, we're still unbeaten in two thousand and nineteen. Um, I think there's more resolve in the team. There's definitely some frailties that are still there, um, but I think we've we've also certainly seen some improvements across the board as well. Yeah, and you look at individual players. Are, are individual players playing better? There's no doubt. Like you know, players like Vestergaard, uh, yeah, starting to look like this. People are questioning on Twitter of Vestergaard's footballing intelligence. I, I disagree. He he makes important challenges, and he and he you know he makes them cleanly. I, I think yeah, players like Vestergaard. We were talking about War Prowse, Redmond. Um, you know, Valerie getting his chance. Hoiberg is still maintaining his levels. Um, Romeo's definitely stepped up. There's, you know, we're in control of our own destiny, and I think, I think we'll know a lot more. You know, you know, come the end of Feb. But again, we've got winnable games in Feb. Yeah. Mayoshida is back from the Asia Cup, where he was runner-up, captaining Japan. Um, You'd have thought that Qatar would win that. Was it Qatar or Dubai? Yeah, no, it's Qatar. It's, it's almost they? like. There's some world governing body that wants to prove that Qatar is a footballing nation. Do um, Qatar have loads of ringers as well? Do they have like players? Oh, from yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course like they do. Yeah. Nationalities. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, they're not a natural footballing nation, but there we go. They've won the Asian Cup. They won it against Japan, who are a very good footballing team. We saw that in the World Cup. Mayoshida. Um, you know, whilst everyone's talking about, oh, we can't, we can't wait for Mayashida to be back um, so that we don't have Stevens giving away stupid handballs uh, and giving away penalties. Um, do you know what Mayashida did in the Asia Cup final, Tom? Didn't he handball it for a penalty? <laughs> he did handball it for a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, having said that, I'm quite excited about him being back. So it does give us another option in defence. And his last game for Saints was that game against Chelsea where he was immense. Absolutely yeah, was immense. Phenomenal. Yeah, and um, also, look, we're playing three centre-backs. Yeah. Can't play three centre-backs and have no centre-backs on the bench. No. You know, what the return of Yoshida does is, is it means that if one of the centre-backs is having an off day or it needs to be replaced, we can maintain the formation that works for us because I think 5-3-2 does work for us whilst at the same time not losing the quality at the back. Does he get back in the team? I think it would be harsh on Stevens. Yeah. But I think you, what you'll probably see is that he will be on the bench, you know, citing tiredness and jet lag, etc., 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 for a Cardiff game. And then you might see, you know, we got the international break. Um, and then you might see Yoshida sort of regain his place after that. But I don't think Stevens is a bad centre back. I think Stevens gives us something, um, you know, a lot in terms of bringing the ball forward, but he's just not maybe greatest defender no I, know, I think in both those games we have seen the frailties of crosses coming into the box is still something that we're not able to deal with yeah. um, and that I think is true for all three centre-backs and Alex McCarthy I'm afraid as well yeah I think so we, we're not uh, even Vestergaard's been better but we're not dominating the ball no. about like we used to do with Fonte and Van Dijk that's for sure yeah um, 
Is Angus Gunn going to get another shot? Or is that going to be harsh well, on McCarthy? He had a go, didn't he? Yeah. And then obviously, like as you, I remember you saying, you know, uh, in, a, in a press conference, Hassan said, you know, I've, I've chosen my number one. Mm. And, um, you know, I, uh, yes, he was being his near post for the Palace goal. Um, but again, he couldn't really do anything. Um, he'd been exposed by some pretty shabby defending, and he, he couldn't really do anything. Well, couldn't do anything at all for the penalty for Burnley. So, well, he didn't even know, dive, did he? <laughs> he didn't even dive. Really. So, it'd it be a bit harsh. Yeah. But what, what what about his approach to crosses? I mean, I suppose looking at Angus Gunn's height and stature, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to be any better at crosses, would you? No, and I think. I think was it? I think I mean I don't think they pick Gunn for his uh, crosses. I think it's, for everything they hear about Gunn is that is this uh, is his you know quickness off his line, yeah, and his decision making almost like Manuel Neuer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would be harsh on McCarthy. I do say I, I think it would be harsh because I don't. I think you know whilst we are still conceding goals, he's not you know massively to blame for many of them. Yeah. Um. Let's let's have a look forward to Saturday then. This is absolutely massive, isn't it? This is what a sixty pointer. <laughs> this, is this a hundred and fifty million quidder? This is a serious game of football, yeah. isn't it? Football. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, Cardiff looked like they were gone, didn't they? A few weeks <laughs> ago. Gone. Yeah. What are they doing? How dare um, they? And then Bournemouth. What are they doing? Going beat what was it? They beat Chelsea four 0 and then beat going Chelsea and losing 4-0. to Cardiff two 0 It's so weird, isn't it? Like, what are Bournemouth doing? They they never want to do us any favours apart from when they come and play us, in which case they've been very very forgiving. Very accommodating. <laughs> yeah, they have. Um so which which is a shame because I, I, I was really starting to think that the bottom three were going to be the bottom three. Yeah, and then, you, you know, Palace, them. Burnley and Saints were going to pull away, you know, if not necessarily with positions, certainly with points. And there was going to be a big gap opening. But Cardiff beating um, Bournemouth has totally changed that. And if they beat us, well, it's, it's you know, we're back in, we're back in deep doggy doo-doo again. We are. We are. And looking at the table... Um... Just as it is, it's so tight down there. I mean, you got to think like Fulham are Fulham are awful still. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield again, they both they they look gone. Those two. Um, it's just a case of now who who wants it more. And you, if the Saints can't lose to to to, to, to Cardiff on Saturday, they have to win, and they have to win well. I think you know we need a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah. There's not many of those under the Hassan Hill regime, and we need. I'd like to see us, you know, get three or four. Like, really give someone a tonking. Tom, talking about tonkings. I mean, the the other thing as well that we've got to think about with Cardiff um, is obviously they've had that tragedy very close to the yeah, club. Yeah, terrible. Um, you know, which is you know, an awful thing. I imagine. A lot of the Cardiff players are going to be feeling grateful for what they have because there was a man who was just about to fulfil his dream and becoming a Premier League footballer, hiring a jet to get him over there. And then, I mean, we all know what the disastrous consequences were after that. But it's in a weird way, is that the kind of thing which is maybe going to give Cardiff 
an an edge that perhaps we wouldn't have expected them to have maybe three or four weeks ago? You think, I mean, it certainly seemed to give them, and this is a horrible word to use, but a lift, almost, yeah. you know, an extra couple of percent maybe against Bournemouth. The emotion, perhaps. Mm. Um, I guess, you know, emotion does strange things. Yeah. Um, and sadness. I think the way it's going to be different, because obviously there's many fewer fans to cheer them on, but, you know, we know, because from our way support, the difference, you mentioned at Burnley, the difference it can make. And we need to... Yeah, Saints need to be respect. Saints fans need to be respectful of that, but also recognise their role. In, yeah. You know, on Saturday and bringing and bringing that team over the line. Um, they're not. They can't get on players' backs. They've got to build up on players. You know, if Redmond tries something that doesn't work, brilliant, clap it. He'll do it again. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, one of those times it will work. So I think, you know, you th- it might give them a lift, but like I saw it extra incentive but yeah saints have, saints you know whilst there's only two points difference saints have got immeasurably more quality players um than cardiff cardiff's win against bournemouth their first win i think in five or six games you know we can beat we can beat cardiff and yeah. I, I i would like to see us you know our goal difference is still pretty poor minus 15 yeah i'd like you know let's win three let's win three now you know let's win four now let's actually Give someone an old style spanking. Tom Parker has spoken. That's that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to back you with that, Tom. I, I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit apprehensive about this game, but um, I'm really hoping that that we see this through. And then I think if we look back at those three games, Burnley, Palace, and Cardiff, if we look back at it with five points, I think we'd be very happy with that. We look back at that with three points and we're going to be fairly disappointed if we look back at that and we only have two points we're going to be pretty pretty disappointed and we're going to be in in big trouble but you know we haven't lost in 2019 penalties aside um so you know hopefully we can keep that run going well if you if you think about it in the new year if you'd have said from you know if you would have said from the games we we would play if we this is if we win on saturday You know, if you'd have said we'd have got four, seven, eight, eleven, sorry, twelve, fourteen points from the game since January the second. Yeah, you'd have snapped a hand up, including oh, yeah, absolutely. Know, incredible draws away at uh, incredible draw away at Chelsea. You know, win away at Leicester. You know, these are good results. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and you know, maybe the way to think about it as well is, you know, we weren't expecting to win at Leicester. Saints fans would have snapped their hand off for a draw. Yeah. So yeah, you might have thought we might put Palace at home, but we drew. So, yeah. Yeah. What matters is where we net out. Yeah. And, and we're netting out. You know, we're we're. There's no doubt about it. We're taking points. I mean, I, I actually look back at this and I think how scary this situation would be if we hadn't brought in Harsen Hootel. You know, I, I genuinely kind yeah. of look back at it and think if we still had Hughes. I think we'd be pretty much nailed on to be going down. I agree. I mean, I think we'd be looking like a Fulham. Yeah. I don't think we'd be as bad as Huddersfield, but then maybe we would. I think under Hughes, you know, he'd lost that club. Yeah. He'd lost the crowd. He'd lost the players. Um, and, you know, I think it must be quite embarrassing for someone. Like Mark. You imagine Mark Hughes is a very proud man, um, you know, to see players that he placed a lot of faith in get zero game time. 
yeah you know, virtually zero game time under under a new coach and even not only get zero game time but be shipped out of the club on loan yeah. and basically told you know find yourself a new club um and then for players that you steadfastly refuse to give game time to you know Romeo, um uh, you know more prowse to see those players come in and do so so well and then players and then the third bit is players you had and you played who are now you know like redmonds who are playing so much better than they were yeah. under you you know so on every level he's been he's been sort of shown up by 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 hasn and i think yeah yeah i think i'm right i mean i'd despair of where we'd be if it wasn't for for ralph um Talking about players we've put out on loan, I mean, this, this brings uh, very, very briefly touch on the transfer window, I think, before we kind of draw this podcast to a close. But Austin transfer was basically announced that, yeah, he's looking at clubs, there were offers, but we didn't bring in who we wanted to bring in and therefore he wasn't allowed to leave. So that hasn't happened. There certainly seemed to be a lot of noise about the Birmingham City striker. I can't, I've forgotten his Shea name. Adams. Yeah. Shea Adams, yeah. And, um, I, mean, I don't know anything about it. I know, I know he's only had one good season. You know, yeah. he struggled for goals until now. But having said that, he's scoring a lot of goals for a very, very poor um, Birmingham team. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think we definitely needed another forward. I think yeah. not, not in terms of quality, but just with Ings's injury. Um, and I, 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 I do have serious concerns. I'm just amazed at some of the players we've let go you know i'm amazed we've let i know he's not a fan's favorite but suarez is a very capable footballer yeah and if you think about it now we've got two players our two right backs have a younger combined age than me um you know uh, what 18 and 19 they're the same age as me the two of them you know so like <laughs> you know and they've got virtually no premier league game time between them yeah but james will prowse seems to be now maybe the right wing back I don't know I, I guess it depends and then you know if Harsen Heater's looking at it and saying James Will Prowse Jan Valerie and Kane Ramsey that maybe he's feeling like he's spoilt for choice in that position yeah I guess and I he mean, didn't I, need I, an I, expensive Cedric no who has who, and Cedric has his issues as well yeah I mean I just think Cedric never did himself any favours mm. did he you know that I think like he was always he seemed to lack self-awareness yeah. Um, particularly on social media, you know, like, you know, Saints would lose on a Saturday, he'd play pretty abjectly. On a Tuesday night, you get a picture of Cedric in a club, you know, not drinking, you could see, you yeah. know, like, not saying he's only fresher, but, you know, it didn't really, you know, or some restaurant somewhere. And yeah. Like, that's not, maybe that's not what the fans want to see right now, Cedric. Um, Say, so I want to come back to social media in just a second, but. The strangest loan, I think, is actually the Jake Hesketh loan out to MK Dons. What What is that about? Why did you bring him back from Burton Albion, who are doing well in League One? They've got a good manager in Nigel Clough. He's clearly done well for them. Scored that fantastic goal against Portsmouth. Yeah, that was great. Um, obviously, he comes back, he's injured. But you'd have thought if they're going to send him out on loan again, they'd send him back to Burton Albion, where... And, you know, Clough's come out in the press and said that they were very keen to have him. Why have they now sent him down to League Two? Someone on Twitter, I know that's the worst way to start any <laughs> sentence ever. Um, it's it's the new, this bloke money. down the pub, isn't it? Yeah. Like, in terms of like, I've just got some information. Oh yeah, where'd you hear it from? Well, this bloke down the pub. Like, like Steve, his cousin. Yeah. Um, no, someone was saying it's about money and about, um, 
Isn't it? Isn't it that that someone that they either get paid for the loan at, at, at um, MK Dons or something? I don't know. But but but, but, but is that right? I mean, a Premier League club wants to get a like few that. pennies off a League Two club, and therefore they're not willing to loan to Burton Albion because they're not willing to pay some of his wages. Yet they're willing to. I mean, does that not stifle the development of him to be playing in League Two? Wouldn't it be better for? It? I mean, I could understand if they then loaned him out to a championship club. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I Hesketh is a mystery. I think he's one of these players that that all Saints fans would love to see get mm. game time. Uh, they'd play like, Saints fans probably more than, you know, him and Sims are the two that everyone would love to see, but they obviously just can't get, they can't make managers believe in them. Yeah. And with Hesketh, I don't know whether he's too small or, or whatever it is. Uh, and I say that as a pretty small guy myself. Um, you know, I don't know whether he just... He obviously hasn't... I don't think there's any doubt about his technical ability, but maybe just the physicality of the Premier League would crush him. I mean, we saw that, you know, in the one of the rare times he did play... Well, a few times he has played. One against Shapoel Beersheba and then Burnley. You know, Burnley where he did actually get injured. Mm. Um you know, where like it's just the physicality of the game is just not something he's really equipped for. Yeah, it is a shame because he's clearly got buckets of talent, but I don't know. It's one of those things I, I always think, you know, if you've got the physicality to play and do well in the lower leagues, then I know the Premier League is more athletic and it's stronger, but there's some big lumps down in the divisions. Mm. I, I, I found that one bizarre, but, you know, how many managers is this now that have looked at Hesketh and have not decided that he is, you know, fit for the first team? So, well, I mean, Cumin, so you've got Cumin, Puel, Pellegrino, Hughes, and now Hasenhutl. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty damning thing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Cedric on social media. Graziano Pella. If you look at his social media, he's living a charmed life, isn't he? He's living the best life. He's living the life of a man who looks like that deserves to live. Yeah, he gets paid a quarter of a million pounds a week to play <laughs> in the Chinese Super League. And, I mean, if you look at his Instagram uh, like page, which, if you're the kind of person that gets jealous, don't do it. Because Graziano Pella has everything. He's good looking. His girlfriend or his wife is uh, absolutely stunning. The football pitch that he played on in a tropical island looks like the best place to play football in the entire world. Um, all the restaurants and holidays that he's going on. I mean, man, that, that guy landed on his feet, didn't he? Yeah, but what a nice guy. Yeah. I always loved him in a Saints shirt. He always gave 100%. Um, he scored some really important goals. Um, you know, I think he would always be welcome at Saints. Um and I'm just looking at his... Yeah, you're right, John. I can't look at that Instagram feed. <laughs> is your honeymoon going to be as good as, like, Graziano Pella's weekend away? Or his I'm Tuesday at, night? I'm looking at a picture of Graziano Pella on a beach with a massive pig. <laughs> and I think I'm more likely on my honeymoon to look like the pig than I am to look like Graziano Pella. All right. I think probably on that note, Tom, should we, should we call it a day? We will do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good to speak to you, John. Yeah. Listeners, do get in touch. Saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all the comments on the YouTube page recently. We've been really appreciative of those. It's great to get uh, your feedback. Um, we're obviously on Twitter as well, at Saints FC Podcast. I've been John Bailey. And I'm Tom Parker. 
And uh, it's lovely to see you all, although we can't actually see any of you. Um, but, you know, we're pleased that you listen to the podcast. Keep doing so. And, you know, come on, Saints. Let's get a big result against Cardiff on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye.